Catholic Nerds Podcast, your Kwisatz Haderach source for quality Catholic nerdery. This is Scott. Oh, Mary Reed. Cody Reed. And the special one. guest, Eric Dumont. Hello. Ahoy, hoy. And say special guest, but, you know, he's here more than not. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're more than Colby at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Colby may be showing up at any point. Um, yeah. But tonight, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tonight we're talking about Dune, specifically the Christian, you know, the Catholic parts of Dune, the theology of Dune. But before we dig into all the Dune, before the spoilers come, the updates. Um, just a little update on us while what's been happening in our lives, hurricanes and babies. Yeah, so we um, we got hit by a Cat 5 hurricane. <laughs> um, so that which was pretty happen. crazy. Nothing, nothing too um, bad, nothing too bad. We, we, yeah, nothing too bad happened here, actually. We, we actually evacuated and we were out of town for about two weeks. We came back and the power still wasn't on. Came on that evening, praise God, but then our water broke. Um, Water. <laughs> our, <laughs> so easy with that phrase on my our, right our well water broke um the the well broke and so we had to we didn't have water for a few days so that was all fun and games and uh, uh during that time i also received a promotion for work which Yay. is awesome uh, i'm now an assistant general agent uh, in the cabarack agency of the knights of columbus in the uh greater new orleans area and i'm i come in charge of the the whole south shore west bank east bank area so pretty exciting um leading a team to take care of members uh trying to fulfill father mcgivney's blessed father mcgivney's mission so it's pretty exciting stuff and uh we also um we has a baby on the way wait what (laughs) 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 guys I didn't think you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, congratulations. Oh, if you were going to say that, you should have told them that. <laughs> well, I, it was a genuine surprise, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. I did. <laughs> Taking a couple of seconds to sink in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like I'd, I've done the same where I, I kind of take over the announcements for for the babies when we announced Gen- uh, Genevieve we, it was actually my uh, daughter Olivia's third birthday last December and uh, we were after all the presents and stuff I, I, I forget how it came up I was like yeah she's gonna be a great big sister and everybody's like, <laughs> what <laughs> yeah I mean I figured we're far enough along to Say. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah, we've been saying. I just didn't know he was going to announce it in the show. <laughs> but here we are. Voila! <laughs> awesome! And yeah, on, congratulations, uh, guys! Thanks. Yeah, congrats! So and yeah, on, that's uh, that's what's been going on over here on the thanks Smith front. The we're, we have a baby incoming uh, stork imminent. Um, we're already we're probably already technically in active labor, so fun times for Ashton. <laughs> her uh you I don't know, know how that was. 
not super comfy times, but uh, our due date is Thanksgiving, which as of today, today being All Souls Day, pray for all our souls, faithfully depart in purgatory. Um, we're still a good 20 days off, but it'll probably be like 10 days or less for us. We're kind of holding oh, vigil awesome. anytime. Yeah. Yeah. This will be Jude Bosco, uh, a little boy named Jude Bosco, because Bosco has been helping us with all our little boys. Our cat's <laughs> name is also Bosco after oh, yeah. Bosco. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Patron saying yes. little boys and the Reed's cat. Only yeah. the Reed's <laughs> Only the Reed's cat, yeah. yeah. Well, since the last one, uh, uh, the last Catholic nerds I've been on, uh, my second daughter was born in August. Uh, Genevieve, Genevieve, uh, Genevieve Marie, and mm. she'll be three in like next week, three months. So, yeah, three months, three months. I'm sorry, <laughs> she'll be three years old. <laughs> she'll be three fresh. years old. <laughs> She's like Benjamin Button or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she'll be three months in a, in a week, and she's already uh, she's starting. She's at that stage where she's starting to actually play with toys and stuff with her hands, and which is really cool. So it's it's uh neat going through the the process of having a, a newborn again on the catholic nerds gaming front i just put out the oh, yeah. newest episode of the legend of the radiant lady chapter 2-3 so uh, that's fun it's the first time our party of heroes has met the crew yeah. a uh a group of uh miscreants i guess <laughs> and a and a mastermind that is adam smith no relation to our scott smith here um or, just or co the guy coincidence wrote, the british <laughs> economists wrote the wealth of nations right yeah <laughs> maybe i should read that and get some inspiration but either no. way <laughs> <laughs> ridiculously uh, but yeah the this uh, this the first introduction to a uh a long-standing enemy of our heroes so yeah that's pretty much uh we're up to i like how you're people listening may not see this but uh eric's also holding a cat like dr evil <laughs> reminds Wait, me of the cat like dr evil or is he holding it as dr <laughs> evil would hold the cat let's not get all philosophical <laughs> uh let's go both <laughs> but the, the cat the cat reminds me of the old dune where uh they have the cat secretes an antidote to the poison that Thufir Hawat uh, is poisoned with. He has to carry around his little cat in a box, cat juicer mm -hmm. in a box. It's so gross. <laughs> that's, you that's, you gotta watch these right. words yeah. you draw around, Scott. Yeah, I remember I mean, that now. Well, Thufir Hawat, he's a, <laughs> he's a mentat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of those like naked cats. Yeah, the, yeah, or the Siam Siamese, no, or like Basenji or something. Yeah, know. something like that. That might be a yeah. dog. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was when I watched this thing, and I was like, "Poor cat! It's like strapped <laughs> into this box. They can't move." Yeah. And we'll get into. I I'm, that didn't you didn't see that in this new Dune movie? Because that's really in the would be in the second volume of the Dune movie. But uh, just a little background: we have. So what is it? His name's Dennis. Villeneuve directed a new Dune movie that was issued on, by HBO Max. You can it's get Villeneuve. it. Villeneuve. 
Uh, I guess he's yeah. French. Uh, but he's yeah. done some really good. He's done some other sci-fi movies. He's pretty awesome. And he did a great job with Dune, I thought. But yeah, volume one is out. We may refer frequently to, which is at least for Eric and I, the old Dune, referring to the the 1980s Dune starring Sting, among others. Yeah, Sting, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, oh, we just watched something with Sting. I didn't know how much of a oh, prolific the sword of, of Bilbo and. But wait, Frodo. which Sting? Uh, the artist the, the currently police. known as Sting. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you know, there's Sting the wrestler and then there's Sting the artist. Ah. So, <laughs> yeah. Gotta clarify. <laughs> Was Sting the wrestler around in the 80s? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't know wrestling. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure he came on scene in like 86. I could be okay. wrong. Well, that was two years after the movie. <gasps> well, there you go. <laughs> uh-huh. Being the artist was in a show that we were watching. Only Murders in the Hell. Only Murders. Oh, yeah. Is that with Steve Martin and uh, Michael yeah. uh, uh, Short? Uh, Martin them. Short. Martin, Martin Short. Short. Steve yeah. And Martin Selena Martin Gomez. Martin and a ton oh, of yeah. other big name actors that they left out of the trailers. Yeah. So that it would surprise <laughs> you. But yeah, it was Such a sting. We'll have to do a podcast yeah. about it because it's about a podcast. <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> nice. It's very, you know. Meta. Very meta. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, but I don't know if was a proper use of the word meta. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, meta in, well, in the, meta is as in the new Facebook? Or... Yeah, <laughs> so apparently in Hebrew, I, I don't know how exactly, but modern Hebrew, face meta means death. But in there's a lot of Hebrew words used in Dune, um, like the one I used earlier, the Kwisatz Haderach. There's a ton of theology in the book Dune. So yeah, we might be bouncing around between the new Dune movie that just came out on HBO Max, the 1980s Dune movie. There's also the sci-fi channel miniseries, Dune and Children of Dune, which honestly, I just have not seen that. I've seen it like once, so I just can't, I don't know, remember enough to talk about it. And then there's the book, the source material by Frank Herbert. Even though we're in Louisiana, we'll state, still say Frank Herbert instead of Frank Hebert. Uh, great book. Hebert. So, <laughs> it's a whole series and in the uh even in the title of the book the paul atreides is referred to as a messiah as a messianic figure so as you might expect the the christian theology built into the dune story is pretty thick it's intermingled with arabic and muslim theology because in the dune universe you have this Zen Sunni, Zen Sunni religion. It's a syncretic religion. You know, it's like compo- It's a religion created by all these religions coming together. But it, it's kind of like how he expects our future to be. That all of the religions will just become one muddled puddle of religion blah. Which <laughs> you know, I I don't like that idea, but it it does give you some interesting theological consequences, if only because Islam itself, that's exactly how it was created. (laughs) (laughs) They took some Christian uh, books like the Proto-Evangelium of St. James, they took the Old Testament, they took some Arabic writings and just mashed them all together. So that's kind of what happens with some Buddhist teachings in the universe of, the future universe of Dune. That's just a little background. So you basically defining terms because there's so many 
different forms of Dune that have been created. What'd y'all think of the the new movie? I think we should start with the read since they you guys haven't seen the original movie. That so. is true. You've seen the new movie. So what did, what did you think of the new movie as itself being part one of a potentially part two-part series? Maybe a third part, maybe. But I heard something about Dune 64. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man. You got to get the expansion pack for that. <laughs> I think that's Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, I think, like, for, for me at least, I felt... I don't know. It was kind of heavy. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> heavy stuff. Um, pretty tragic throughout. I kept expecting there to be some point where it wouldn't be like overwhelming against the protagonist odds, you know, and that point never really came until, I mean, maybe the very end <laughs> where they get accepted <laughs> by the sand people, but uh, <laughs> the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> that's just i mean i i feel like there's a lot of metaphors like pro-life metaphors that could be drawn as far as this whole people is just living on total dependence to technology like to to life support basically and how many arguments are made that the unborn aren't human because they're not completely independent of you know of support from from something outside of themselves you know Uh, and this is a little bit of a spoiler alert but probably the biggest pro-life moment is yet to come uh with dune 2 because as paul atreides says to his mother he he knows because of his uh psychic powers that she's pregnant i think they revealed that in the first movie but what happened she's going to become a Sayadina um she's going to drink from the water of life spoilers and what's going to happen is you're not supposed to do that uh, when you're pregnant so her unborn daughter is going to become a Sayadina in the womb she's going to be a full-fledged person with full knowledge of all the past in the womb talking about the humanity of the unborn they go way past that it's going to be I think maybe they'll change it so it's not so pro-life but we'll see (laughs) we're hoping not (laughs) and we'll and we'll get to i want to get to down the road once we um, unpack this a little more some of the changes that i think some of the political influence changes that have been made between the dune 1980s dune and this and the new dune movie i mean i guess like for myself i'd be interested to probably watch the older one i enjoyed the movie like it was entertaining but at the same time it's like there's so many questions and well, some, yeah where's some of your questions why <laughs> like the how the whole... <laughs> who <laughs> and what yeah i mean like there, there's just so many different things going on in this movie um that just like you would, you would hope that it would at least give you a hint as to what is happening, but apparently they're not going to even give you a clue until next movie. Well, and it was hard for me that I feel like we were supposed to be satisfied with Homeboy and his mom surviving, but for but, me, the fact yeah. that pretty much all his people got massacred 
was kind of like, well, I don't see how we're going to come back from that. Like, I was pretty invested <laughs> in all those guys. Yeah, what happened to well, I mean, that was kinda... and Momoa and all our... Aquaman dies. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that's that was the point though, is that the Empire was backstabbing the house of Atreides. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that I mean that's right. That's but, why. Because they were well, they were but I feel like them. the only character that had any kind of redemptive qualities, we lost. Momoa or... no, no, I would he was pretty great. He, he was pretty great character, but I'm talking about uh Oscar. Or the doctor? Oscar Isaac's character. Duke Leto? Oh, Leto, yeah. Yeah. And yeah like the, 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 the father and the leader, yeah. He actually had a very Leah interesting character in that you could see that he wanted good, right? He said, we, basically, like, we, knew, we know we have to do, we have to get the spice. The spice is necessary for survival of everyone across the galaxy, right? Whatever yeah, the word right. is that they use. Um, but what we're going to do right by these people that are already here right right and Mm -hmm. so like that to me was like they're setting they set him up as a really good character and then you mean good in the sense of good and good in the sense of goodness yeah it did seem like the mom and and the son were operating largely out of self-interest but maybe maybe something's missing like like maybe there's something she knows of like why this is for the good of the universe or something. I don't know. Yeah. So did y'all pick up on the whole Benny Jesuit plot line? Yeah, we picked up on the Benny Jesuit plot plot so line. Let me, let me give you a little background on that. So the Benny Jesuit sisterhood. So it's a matriarchy, uh, and Lady Jessica is basically set up like a, a Virgin Mary kind of figure yeah, because she's so. she's supposed to. It's a line of mothers that are creating this um, this supreme being, you know, that they say in the movie has a mind such that can bend space and time in himself. So she's, you know, the mother of the Messiah. Uh, it's supposed to be a couple of generations later, but she uh, wanted to give Duke Leto a child. She violated the commands of the Bene Gesserit order. She's kind of like a what do they call the concubines in China? The uh, geishas It's kind of, it's kind of a weird situation like that, but alongside the Bene Gesserit is the Missionaria Protectiva. And they have gone through history and the universe spreading mythology about the Messiah that's to come. And interestingly enough, it turns out to be true mythology. So that's kind of the background with Lady Jessica and her self-interest is to preserve the life of her child, but also because she's pretty, she's pretty sure that he is going to be the Kwisatz Haderach, the Messiah. And so, like getting back to their original point, they they were saying how Paul and Jessica and Jessica's kind of they they feel a little more self-interested um, mm-hmm. compared to Leto, who is very motivated by goodness and motivated by self-sacrifice, and especially the scene when they went out to go see the uh, spice collector for the first time and mm-hmm. the normally the spice collector when a when one of the sandworms are supposed to come by a helicopter is supposed to come in scoop up the collector and take it off but because of a malfunction they completely abandon the very valuable load of spice for the sake of getting everybody off of the the collector to and save they only their lives have and stuff. so yeah. many collectors they don't have a limited number of collectors too right yeah and i think i think it made me more points to 
Paul and Jessica's still confusion on what their role is possibly or maybe maybe more Paul on Paul's side he's not entirely sure what his purpose is or what his what the meanings are all this new psychic powers that he's getting how he finds out his mother's pregnant and seeing the death of his friend Hugo or was it Momoa's character? Remember. Jason Momoa was. Was it? <laughs> Duncan Idaho. Wasn't it like, and... was like Hugo or something? There's I remember it because Paul, it was yeah. like Paul and then this guy's name were like the only like human normal, normal names. <laughs> There's also Dr. Yui. That's yeah, Yui. Yeah. yeah, Yui, yeah. So Yui, you got your Judas character. Um, yeah. And, and he's, he's, he's much more. He's a little more sympathetic. Much more sympathetic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because in the his... book he was pretty sympathetic. It's interesting that we finally had Yui always kind of sounded like an Asian name, but he's always yeah. been played by a non-Asian guy. And we finally have a, this is a Taiwanese actor, I think. Mm. And before in the 80s version, we had um the Al from Quantum Leap, Sam Beckett's uh friend that would teleport in and out of y'all remember remember all that? I don't, but no. No, <laughs> sorry. You're showing awesome. your age, well, Scott. I, I wonder I wonder if in the 80s, like so close on the heels of like Korea and Vietnam and stuff, if they didn't want to have like a because he, he would be like one of the only Asian people. So to have like an Asian villain, you know, might might feed into racist tendencies at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, trait, which of yeah, course, yeah. not that yeah. we're immune to that now you know right but i'm wondering wait speak on speaking of yui i'm wondering if part two of the new the new dune is going to maybe go into more detail about him because i feel like the original or the 80s movie gave him more more detail more background or you know more character development i guess where i I feel like in the new dune it's just like oh here here he is and and I mean, are oh, y'all wondering about? Okay. Are y'all wondering about his background, or y'all got it, or? I mean, did you like, get? Did you guys kind of catch where, like, uh, obviously you knew he was more sympathetic because, you know, his wife was captured by right the the Baron of uh, like he's in a very difficult situation. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wish his his betrayal was set up a little bit more, kind of like the '80s version, because you you meet Yui from the beginning and he you have more conversations with Jessica and she notices that there's something he's hiding. And I, I honestly thought that somebody else, when I watched, I watched the eighties version first. And when they were talking about, Oh, we have a, we have a a mole. We have someone who's going to betray everybody. And I, I thought it was um, the, uh, the doctor guy, the, the Fremen that they made the first Fremen guy to meet. Leah Kynes. Leah Kynes, yeah. Uh, who's played by Max von Sydow, uh, mm. who's in, who's an actor in so many cool movies. He was in with Oscar, Oscar Isaacs. He's the first, like the first people you see in uh, The Force Awakens are Oscar Isaacs and Max von Sydow. He's uh, in that tent in that little village. I, yeah. I called her princess or whatever he says, remember? Kind of. Man, I haven't seen Force Awakens in a while. Yeah. But anyway. Mostly because I don't believe they exist. That's a different. That's a different. So some of the um, cool little the- theological nuggets, just to kind of 
uh, wet your interest. Um, you've got like this term for the Messiah, the Kwisatz Haderach. It actually has an, it's very close to a Hebrew phrase, the Kefitzat Haderach, which means the leap of the way. And the leap of the way in, in Hebrew, this is a Hebrew Kabbalistic term, describes a way uh, somebody can travel distance instantaneously, which is, you know, when you're crossing space time and dune, that's exactly what's happening. But in Catholic terms, it's, it's like a bilocation. So there's some really interesting things happening that Frank Herbert must have known about when he wrote that, used that particular phrase. It's a messianic term as well. Well, just to, to clarify, maybe, I think when we're saying like that they were operating before, when we said like, it seems like they're largely operating out of self-interest, not that they're bad people, you know, like it's understandable right. that they're fighting for survival. Just, I get, I get the feeling there's more at stake, like more, like, like from all the Messiah stuff, that there's more at stake on a cosmic scale in their survival. And I think because maybe that wasn't established more clearly, but maybe it's, maybe it's on purpose, you know, like maybe, maybe this will all, all will be revealed, you know, but that to an extent, I kind of felt like, man, everyone died. So the two of them could live and, <laughs> and, and just sort of feeling like, and, and for what, you know, so I'd like to, it might've been helpful if maybe there had been some indication of what the Messiah means for these people. Like what, what is the Messiah of this culture supposed to bring to the to I guess the you could you could you, know? you could make a parallel with that with Jessica and Paul getting away to get into the desert as a parallel of Christ's birth when oh, right. the Going angel the, the angel yeah. arrived to to uh you know tell them to tell, or tell Joseph to go into the uh go to Egypt with with Mary and Jesus and uh yeah the the whole going on to the planet Arrakis dune uh, St. Joseph is the, or Duke, Duke Leto is like the St. Joseph, and the Harkonnens, specifically Baron Harkonnen, is, is Herod, you know, trying to kill the son of the king that was prophesied to be born. You know, yeah, it's, it goes pretty deep there. It's a lot of movie with a lot of exposition, but they make it pretty clear at the end that Paul Atreides his lady Jessica's like, no, y'all help us get off world. We can get out of this. You know, we can escape. And, and Paul Atreides in this dune says, no, uh, my dad came here to you know, harness desert power. The Atreides were assigned this planet. We're going to fulfill, I'm going to fulfill the duty for my father. Did y'all, did y'all catch that part? Mm -hmm. So he, he doesn't, you know, he's still, he doesn't understand his cosmic importance, but it's not, you know, he's, he's there to fulfill the will of his father. Like he came to fulfill the will. Was, you can see the messianic tones and beginning in that, even though that's what's leading him, even though he doesn't know where it's headed. I was going to say, uh, Mary mentioned like everyone else dies. One of the things, the only two that we actually know die are Duncan and Leto. However he pronounces it. Leet Kynes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was a cool uh, yeah so there's a cool there's yeah. three that we know that die but then you still got the uh uh thanos um, josh brolin josh brolin character 
this was just an amalgam of DC and Marvel. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, the, who's who's the guy who plays uh, uh and Star Wars? Drax, who plays Drax from Guardians oh, of the yeah. Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Batista. Batista, yeah. yeah, yeah I saw dead. him and I'm just like, that's it's Drax, man. Yeah. I did not he see Drax. Drax. I thought yeah. he did a pretty good job of not being Drax in this movie. Uh, but he was barely on screen. But he was barely. Right, yeah, he, he's barely there. Yeah, well, and it also had too. the Duke was uh, Dr. Selwig from. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yep. From the Thor mm. movies. There were th- at least uh, three people. Still in Skarsgård. Oscar Isaacs is St. Joseph in the Nativity Story. He's yeah. in the X-Men movie. Yeah. He's in Star Wars. He's in and all the things. He's yeah. in all he's, he's amazing. <laughs> and they and don't then notice. they killed him. He's he, yeah. I'm like, this is why I was here. Was for Oscar Isaacs. <laughs> yeah. and Did y'all the, notice uh, who uh Stilgar? Um the skinny big... guy. Um that that the I guess the herald for the Hokobogans or whatever. <laughs> the one yeah, with he the black was... paint on his lip. You know, you know who I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, who is for the bad guys? Polka dot man in suicide. Right, that was my favorite scene. (laughs) The polka dot got in a polka dot in the uh, new suicide movie. He's also in Ant Man. Oh yeah, as one of the friends, like the Uh, Russian friend. Uh, He's also. um, We're gonna have to stop playing this. He's also in Batman. His name Uh, is Dark Knight. As one of. the joker's minions yeah he's like one of the crazy guys his, yeah his name is Pi- uh piter devries is his uh character name but his name's david das malkian which is kind of cool yeah so he's in like so uh, dc marvel all well, over the place we, did we even find out what happened to josh brolin's character that's what i was didn't saying we just... didn't know what happened to his character he just his character's name is gurney halleck by the way gurney. and then okay. we don't know what happened yeah, gurney. to gurney um, what is it? Um, a mincat? Mintat. Mintat. Uh, we don't know what happened to yeah. him either. He just disappeared. So, Peter DeVries is the mintat for uh, the House Harkonnen that right. died when Oscar Isaacs chomps down on the poison tooth that mm. Yui gave him. And I like the, the whole concept th- of that poison tooth too. That was that was pretty cool. I know. Every time that happens, I'm like, oh, come on, let it kill the Baron. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, he was in that room at that time. Yeah, he was in the room at that time. In the book, in the movie, um, the Baron just gets out of the way, and only Peter Peter DeVries dies. But in this one, the whole room dies. Yeah. Um, and, and also in the 1980 movie, 1980 Dune movie, uh, Peter DeVries was played by Wormtongue by Brad Dorf. Ah, that's where I recognized him from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did y'all notice Javier Bardem as Stilgar? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty. Cool. I did notice that. And that, that the the visions were was the other kind of confusing thing. Like well, they're meant to be confusing. I know they're meant to be confusing. Yeah, they're meant to be. You know, like it's like oh, this guy's going to and... tutor him, and then like he tutors him in a way, and then nope. That's just that was to get Zendaya in the movie earlier. I'm sure. I'm not even talking about Zendaya. I'm not even talking about her. <laughs> I'm talking about the other dude. And can we uh, say for a second that we have Zendaya and uh, Rebecca Ferguson, both from The Greatest Showman, 
Greatest Showman, and she's that on Spider-Man. That was like the first commentary. Marvel. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. When we were watching <laughs> yeah. it, I was like, oh, we've got two people from the Greatest Showman. That was my main, like, yeah. input. Really, yeah, Lady Jessica's the Never Enough. She doesn't actually sing it, of course, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did want to say before we get too far along, I liked comparing the Baron from the older movie or the 84 movie to the oh, new yeah. one I I liked the I like the Baron from the older movie better I think because he was he was you you could definitely tell they were going for a Herod with him because he had all these like nasty boils all over his face and they like horribly scarred by disease and stuff and it just it, he seemed more like a maniac and, and I, I think biggest- it was it added to the eighties-ness of the of the eighty uh dune. It, it like you watch you watch the eighties dune and you know it's eighties. It's yeah. it's eighties as all get out. Have that awesome electric guitar riffs all the time. Yeah. Love that. I mean that's that's one of the things that threw me off about the original as as the poor music choice, I think. I, I love like, that. Yeah, the end credit scene, like we were talking. The about. end credit scene. It, it it sounds like it was like it's like the end of the Golden Girls or something. Yeah. It's just some kind of sitcom. <laughs> Through a party, inviting yeah. <laughs> everyone you knew. It, it just one. it felt so out of place, and then you know. But did I, you but notice it, the single biggest change that they made with the Baron Harkonnen from the '80s oh. movie to this one? That he's not diseased. Remember how the Baron Harkonnen had a, a fetish for young boys? Ah, yes. And he, yeah. yeah, and and he was basically lusting after Sting. He was um, right. He, he was it was homosexual. Yeah. But it and it was a like kind of a repressed, just just hideous form of that. Can't have that nowadays. Nope. Not allowed to Can't have, have a bad guy uh, representing yeah, be, uh, something yeah, that's very yeah. sacred to the media. Yeah, exactly. So they took all that out. And it's a very conscious decision. I, I've read some articles on that. And yeah, the association of gay desire and evil was, mm. uh, was not allowed in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one of the cooler changes, not to go away from Baron Harkonnen, because I, I I like talking about him, is mm. Leah Kynes was played by a woman, not you know mm. Max von Sydow played her played him mm. in the old movie, and the um, he dies just in the in the '80s movies and the, and the book he dies because the desert just takes him. Um, right. The madness of the heat and the water loss just takes him but in this one uh she leah kinds she has a really cool death did y'all notice that yeah where yeah. they like they cut her water or like they like stabbed like through her no no they or stabbed through it? her that was part of it but she also right. hit the sand the and thumper. The, oh yeah hit the thumper and got the uh yeah yeah the worm yeah and all of a sudden the mouth of Shai Hulud, the great farmer, comes and Grant, she, she did say she only served Shai Hulud. So, what's the theology there? Yeah, so that's really interesting. The Freeman, so that, that's the desert people. They're called the Freeman or the Freeman, you know, and the Messiah comes to free them. So, it's, it's a lot like the Jews or the Israelites and Moses, right? Also, another desert situation. Mm. Um, so the Baron Harkonnen, the Harkonnen's also be the pharaohs as well. 
But Shai Halud, uh, they worship as their god. So that's problematic the- theology-wise. But Frank Herbert, nevertheless, meant this serpent creature, right? The sandworm, this dragon-like creature. Um, that's how he intended it, is to be this dragon this dragon, he uh, in his writings, he he says that his vision for the sandworms were basically like the Grendel's mother and Beowulf, the, the dragon and Beowulf and the classic dragons of literature and the Bible, uh, like in Genesis, the dragon of Genesis. And ultimately what happens there is that what you don't see in volume one, which you'll see in the next one, is that the hero's journey the messianic journey requires the conquering of the great serpent. When he takes the water of life, like baptism, uh, Paul Atreides, the Messiah, is going to have to conquer the, the sandworm, which is Satan in, in this, just like when Christ went into the desert and faced, in the, in the desert, faced the three temptations uh, and conquered Satan in the desert. That's, you know, it's going to follow that same hero's journey that was was created not because all mythologies follow the same path, but because all mythologies before and after Christ come from Christ, right? Christ is implanted in mankind's imagination. So we cannot write a great hero without it in some way referencing Christ. Could that possibly be, I'm not sure if I got this from the movie or not, but do the Fremen, did they always uh worship shia lahoot um or is it that they only came to worship it because maybe there's a correlation between the jews and like kings and and isaiah and stuff before how they kind of lost their way and started serving other gods and stuff maybe that maybe that's more of a book thing or not or i i don't don't remember that like if it's the the israelites Mm. become falling in with the canaanites and you know worshiping false gods the Freeman call the sandworm by various names. So he's also Shihalud, can they call him the maker? And Shihalud can be translated as old man of the desert, old father eternity, or grandfather okay. of the desert. It's the creator god for them, which makes sense because Shihalud, the sandworm, secretes the melange or uh, spice melange. Yeah, the spice melange. Um, which which changes them that's why they have the blue eyes and that's why they um, have power mm. so how about that where's it like what's the what's the uh the theological points of the spice well i would i wouldn't say so much the spice uh though there probably is something there but the water of life which is i think that's the secretion of the baby sandworms yeah. The water of life is is basically baptism because mm-hmm. up until Paul Atreides, there's no there's no man that ever survived taking the water of life, drinking the water of life. All your Syedinas of the Fremen, the like their queen mothers, their their matriarchs, all mm-hmm. take the, the water of life. But when when Paul Atreides takes the water of life, you know he and this is going to be volume two. He gains these mega powers it's just massive spoilers for the reads right now yeah yeah so (laughs) but in the in the book and in the 80s movies uh, 80 80s movie he says 
the sleeper has awakened and his father even told him, look, you're, you're going to have to awaken. And that's basically straight out of the new Testament. Uh, I'll get the actual verse. Yeah. It's from Ephesians five fourteen. awake O sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ shall give you light. So mm. that whole concept of taking the water of waters of life is that new creation, we become a new creation in baptism. Yeah. As you die, right? You, 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 when, when Paul and, and the um, Syedinas take the water of life, they die, basically. Mm. It's, it's like poison, and they rise again. Yeah. Mm. And that's what they were saying at the end of that movie, is that he would have to die to rise. Yeah. Mm. And then he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> because the not in part two. Yeah. Then when they go to part two, that'll happen. He's going to go all Gandalf on. And I mean, all the cool stuff happens in part two. So (laughs) as as successful as this movie has been, I'm so glad that people are craving for a second one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to, sorry. (laughs) I'm just excited for the second part because then I could get more out of the second half of the story because in the original 80s version at after after paul and jessica meet the fremen the the story goes on fast forward it's just boom 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 one event after another just to kind of fill everything in so they can get to the end of the movie um it's like it's crazy fast and your basic uh, 80s music montage (laughs) yeah literally because they like it's playing this inappropriately inappropriate like rock solo (laughs) or rock uh, opera or something like that That it's awesome it it was odd it was an odd choice i mean sure yeah the music was cool but it was just it just didn't fit uh, to me honestly but it's still again going back to the you you see it for the era it came from it's the the 80s dude is is 80s quintessentiality the 80s yeah (laughs) i want to i want to point out real quick that we've been here for we've been on this this thing for almost an hour and the cat is still on eric oh wow (laughs) that's That's that is impressive real quick (laughs) before i forget to be um self-preserving as they accuse paul atreides of being i do i have written i have written about all these uh all the christian symbolism all the theology of dune um that's that book is the theology of sci-fi subtitled the christian's guide to the galaxy and it's available wherever good books are sold (laughs) buy it today yeah there's your plug now i can uh, can go back to bashing on paul paul atreides and <laughs> i'm not I'm, I'm not bashing him it's just you hate him <laughs> I, just, yeah. I, I think i think they should they should watch the watch the 80s one and i i think it might make a lot more sense but that's um, the thing right like do you, you want to have to watch the 80s one well, for a movie to make sense right yeah I, i'm just saying like I, I agree i do want to watch the 80s one after yeah like, after I mean, but at the that same one, time watch the 80s one at the same time should you now because the 80s one is, is i don't know it might spoil the second part yeah of, that's what i was trying to tell you eric yeah you're trying to tell me that yeah but it, i'm 
but then again now i'm contradicting myself by saying i'm glad i watched the first one (laughs) um because i mean it was it was a it was a ride man uh it's got sting in it yeah did we mention it (laughs) we mentioned that the non i think Sting, sting was like totally underused honestly I don't know if the like his character, the Beast, the Beast, right? Yeah. Beast, no, the Beast is his brother, cousin. His bro- okay, He's, yeah, that's the a, Baron's Bautista. the Baron's nephew. That, that's Bautista's um, character. Okay, yeah. So, so Sting's character, whatever his name is, um, like he he really they kind of show him off throughout the whole movie. Yeah, he's like he, he shows up and he's like oh, this is the perfect man. He's he's so amazing. And, and then, gross then you see him again. And see, yeah, they do he a lot of gross out of, stuff. Like the steam shower wearing like a Speedo and he's like yeah. <laughs> and flexing and the Baron Arconin. <laughs> and you're like, like, this is the oh. ultimate weapon. <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah. Yeah. What's even grosser is the, the other thing the Baron does in that same scene. Takes or the with, heart plug out. Yeah, of it the, takes the heart plug out of that guy. Whoa. Yeah. That that's that's the only thing I remembered as a kid. I yeah, my mom crazy. sat sat us down to watch that movie once, and that scene like freaked us out. And that that yeah, they, all their, visual all their carried with me throughout my life. And now I find now that I watch it and I understand the context. Um, well, and Eric, you have red hair. And all the Harkonnens right. in the eighties movie have red hair. Yeah, that's too. They're they, all gingers. They take their <laughs> young sl- redheaded slave children, and they give them heart plugs. So, like, that's the mark of their slavery, even though it's the same family. Anyway, uh, yeah, you uh, like pull out a plug, and they just their oh, life just drains from them. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to mention, like, that wasn't in the original in the new one. What the heck was the alien thing from the beginning of the movie from the eighties one? Say the alien thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's um, the navigators. Um, okay, that's a I think a deformed human. Okay, so let me give you some background. In in the eighties movie, they they wheel in this creature that speaks telepathically. It's like a giant slug floating in water, but it's slowed. It's floating in like melange and super spice. And so it's some it's a, a human that has taken on spice for so long that it has become deformed and hideous. And that's so the those the yeah. navigators guild is part of like one of the geopolitical bodies that has a lot of power in the universe and a lot okay. even power over the emperor himself because they're the ones that um, uh, that use the spice melange to bend space time so that you can travel across the universe okay bend space i should say not space time. yeah now i was very i was very confused in in the 80s movie about like what happened to it it, it at just one point it just ceased to exist it, it just, just got upset yeah it's it like, just i they, hate this and dies <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very telepathic i mean they're uh, very powerful uh very oh yeah wasn't it paul telepath? that just was like yeah yeah and the 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 slug navigator thing see tells the emperor that you have to kill paul atreides because he's going to uh do exactly what he's about to do right and yeah they're like oh yeah we did that it happened um <laughs> totally and but he did and there there's another connection to to herod and uh uh yeah 
even though that's not i mean i guess the navigator could be considered a hair in a sense yeah the harkonnen the harkonnens that were supposed to take lady jessica and and paul into the desert and kill them uh got you know themselves killed any other um cody any other thoughts they're like what is going on here i was just gonna when y'all were talking about the soundtrack before I was going to say just that this movie, they kind of went the other way, that there's long periods of kind of uncomfortable oh, yeah. silence, you know, like the whole movie to me was kind of like an exercise in discomfort, like, right. which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, it doesn't mean it's not a well done movie. Just, it was like, they're doing a really good job of making me uncomfortable. Yeah. It was <laughs> in, intentional. It was, it was methodically right. slow. Right. Mm. And, and a lot of tension and a lot of. Well, uh, if you watch. If you watch the 80s version, that's that's ramped up a little bit more, I guess, in some parts. The the first part of the movie, it feels like, especially the, the scene with the Seeker, that's that little tiny robot yeah. that was supposed to come in the room and kill yeah. Paul. Which and, it was um, kind of, shout out memes. Yeah, it, it was, was really kind cool. of unclear how that didn't kill him in this one. Like, it seemed like right, it was yeah. his face, and then it didn't yeah, kill it, him. Right, it seemed like he just, like, grabbed it with his hand and somehow it was fine, or swatted yeah. it or something. And uh, in, in the in the '80s version, the seeker was like like this three inch thing of PVC pipe with some <laughs> other plastic things and a needle. On it. yeah. It's it's like the worst effects, or it's almost stop motion. Just <laughs> I thought it was awesome and completely convincing. <laughs> so, so speaking of shit out memes, am I? correct in understanding that Edna Mode was in the 1980s Dune? The original shout out Mabe? The, yeah. Mabe, the Mabe or whatever? She, the, the short lady? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in the original one. Oh, she had, said, she, she had a really, she yeah, had a really Ed, tiny part. Yes. Tiny part. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's tiny. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird because even the book you expect, I mean, she's got this cool name. The shout out to Mame, Mabes or Mames or whatever. Yeah. And um, she really, it's just, she's only there. Uh, For the sake of the story, really. Yeah, she's just there to say, to mention some of the prophecies that the Missionaria Protectiva had that they believed in. Uh, even, even though they were kind of the, the, the myths were kind of planted, irreverent, unfaithful way, the people, the Framens, uh, fervently believed in in what was taught them and come to, come to find out they it's all true and another thing i was thinking when you y'all were talking about uh paul's character some of that ultimately is is going to bear out because paul is kind of designed to be an anti-messiah he's He's going to ultimate in later books. He leads a jihad. It, it's it's the Messiah of power that the Jews wanted. It's the Lion of Judah, not the Lamb of God version. Yeah. So you do have the, the a messianic corruption that really ultimately always happens when a, a human tries to write his own Messiah. Hmm. And then there's some 80s guitar that happens. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then just, yeah. Awesome. Uh, by the way, I'm wrong about who voiced Edna Mode. 
but I know her character was based off of that lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they look like her for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was she she was in uh Harold and Maud. It was a kind of a, a pretty good movie, um, but very 70s movie. She wasn't in a lot of things, but she's very distinctive looking. Yeah, apparently Edna Moe was voiced by a man. Voiced by a man. <laughs> we just took what? my mom dress up as her for Halloween. Oh yeah, that was awesome. I saw that. It was it was a very hard sell to get her to do that. So it's true. Let's just keep safe between us and our our, uh, our listeners. Our, our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a great picture. Five of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. There's so many of you. <laughs> the most besides the bird you know, the blessed mother and saint joseph and all that kind of stuff something very catholic about dune is that in dune uh there are quotes taken from the bible uh, which shows you that we're in the same universe uh, but the bible in dune is called the orange catholic bible interesting and interesting I have some theories on that. Um, it's the Bible that came from the Diocese of Orange. <laughs> Orange, Texas? Orange, California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Orange County. Any of the oranges. <laughs> so, well, no, that wasn't one of my theories, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in Ireland, the, the green Irish are Catholic and the orange Irish are Protestant? No. So orange is kind of a color of Protestants. And the orange, it's orange hyphen Catholic Bible. It's almost as though it's either they're saying that the Protestant Catholic Bibles have merged into one or that Protestants and Catholics have merged into one or reunited. That the Protestant Reformation ended possibly. Awesome. So just a theory, yeah. but they I never addressed that. I thought it was interesting when she said, because I assumed it was a different universe. And so when she said, like, it's their word for Messiah, I was like, interesting that she used, like, that she didn't say Savior. Like, like basically, I guess I'm kind of assuming that in reality, these people aren't actually speaking English, you know, but we're just making it English for the sake of ease, you know. Right. But then she right. uses Messiah as a Greek word, right? You know. Yeah, it's Hebrew, yeah. Uh, Christus is the you're uh, right you're right Messiah's Hebrew so yeah so I thought that was interesting I was like oh we're using well I said Greek but you're right it is Hebrew we're using Hebrew (laughs) it's funny because you go on some of these message boards that talk about Dune and they deny all (laughs) Christian symbolism and Frank Herbert's source text you know the source text which is crazy because one of the titles of the books is Dune Messiah. Like it uh, now, granted, there is a lot of cool Muslim theology in this. And I say cool Muslim theology because Lady Jessica is referred to as a Sayadina. And the way Muslims refer to the Blessed Mother is as the Sayidah or Lady, Great Lady. Oh, because like I said before, Muslims use the Proto-Evangelium of St. James as their source text for uh, their writing about 
writings about Mary and Jesus. So Mary is very exalted in that pseudo uh, epigrapha or whatever they call it. It's a, anyway, it's not a canonical book. It's not in our Bible. It's, it's, it's not apocrypha because that's just your Old Testament writings. This is a New Testament writing. So Muslims exalt the Blessed Mother. So in the Quran, they have the Annunciation, the Visitation, the Nativity. All those events are still depicted in the, in the Muslim holy book. And like Quran 3, it's Sirah 3.42, Oh, Mary, God has chosen you and purified you. He has chosen you above all the women of creation. I mean, that's very Catholic sounding, right? You wouldn't expect yeah. me to be reading from a, a Muslim text. And then Muhammad himself wrote, Thou shalt be the most blessed of all the women in paradise, referring to his daughter Fatima. Thou shalt be the most blessed of all the women in paradise after Mary. So it, it's interesting that in Dune, they call Lady Jessica the Sayadina, which is so close to the Muslim term for the Blessed Mother. Mm. It's remarkable. <laughs> well, and then the fact that Our Lady appeared in Fatima yeah, when that was the name of Muhammad's daughter. Right. And yeah, there's a whole uh, Fulton Sheen the world and the world's greatest love, the world's great love writes about all the connections between and i've i did a whole video on this i'll, I'll uh put it in the world's first love yeah maybe so world's yeah, first love know. but he wrote about all the connections between fatima and the blessed mother our lady of fatima blessed mother and all the all the muslim conversions that occur because of mary and our lady of fatima there's news news articles you can read about that and that how even when Muslims are, you know, the violent, like the um, Al-Qaeda, when they destroy, and ISIS, when they destroy holy sites, they don't destroy Marian holy sites, mm. which is very interesting. So I, I think the Blessed Mother is going to um, have a huge hand in the conversion of Islam. But anyway, not to, can't just keep going on about the Blessed Mother. It's like <laughs> some kind of weird Catholic nerd show or something God. <laughs> we like her that's pretty much uh, like we've covered all the main categories of theology that's in dune the uh water of life shailud being the, the serpent being satan lady jessica being like a blessed mother duke leto being like joseph the baron harkonnen being like herod or pharaoh Paul Atreides being the Messiah. Essentially, what we're saying is you should watch watch both the movies because it's really yeah. cool and you can get a lot out of it. Yeah, and, and use these references to be a bridge to people that are unchurched, don't know, not that, not that Dune is perfect or it's right. like the Bible or anything, but you can use this as a, as a way to bridge the communication gap between us uh, between people who don't know anything about the Christ story, that this is just a shadow and that there's a much greater reality out there. You're a much greater reality. Thank you. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the mic drop. <laughs> it never gets old. Oh, wait. <laughs> Dang, girl. JK. Any, um, any last thoughts about all this? I'm looking forward to in part two in the new movie. Oh yeah, what are y'all looking for? I'm talking about the weirding way, and the um, the voice, the voice, 
and or like developing the voice more so yeah. that's cool and then the um what's the laser gun things uh that's different between the book and the 80s movie okay yeah so the 80s think- movie made like actually added that there there was something that they i'm forgetting now what they added i think the might have been the shields were accurate ah, i can't remember now mm. what one major difference i don't know if y'all noticed uh in between the 80s movie and this movie is that in the 80s movie you were constantly hearing what they were thinking in their heads yeah yeah oh. so it's a it, that's why that's why the uh, 80s one felt a little kind of slower paced even though the new one feels slow paced too is because almost everybody has some kind of internal monologue going on at the same time <laughs> where it's like a lot of it's unneeded I, 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 that honestly that i think of like something happens with the character is like oh i wonder what that means <laughs> and then it just moves on <laughs> just for the point of saying like hey audience this is something important you should notice yeah um but yeah it just i thought that was funny and then so i i liked in the new how they actually like had it so that they're just speaking the fremen language instead um at least for the most part so there's a lot more show don't tell going on yeah which is good yeah yeah so the flash forwards basically took the place of the interior monologue how you doing okay so that's gonna have to be the thumbnail for the <laughs> how you doing so cody's showing showing a meme of everybody from the new dune poster photoshopped yeah, with joey from friends face on it matt LeBlanc. how you, how you doing, doing? Now, this was a mary thing not a not a cody thing okay well you showed it that's fine <laughs> If you if you rewind back sixty seconds, you'll see that I said Cody is showing. <laughs> <laughs> Grammatically, I was correct. You <laughs> Show don't tell. All righty, thank you for nerding out with us, the Catholic nerds. This has been Scott Smith, Mary Reed, Cody Reed, and Eric Dumont. Please do subscribe to this podcast and share it with Dune all your friends. <laughs> Dune subscribe. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> Please Dune subscribe to this podcast and share it with all your friends, Catholic or not, Atreides or Harkonnen. And remember, <laughs> the spice must flow. Bum 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 b